It's that time, the Betting Predators podcast, where our main objective is hunting down the best bets for you. I'm your host, Sleepy J. You guys can find me on Twitter at SleepyJ underscore pregame. Joined here by the MMA guru, got Mean Gene in the house. You guys can find him on Twitter as well at Mean Gene 0022. And you can find us both on the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. All right, Gene, here we go. UFC 262. We got Oliveira versus Chandler. This one will be in Houston. And this one is on pay-per-view. You and I, we're going to go ahead. We're going to cover five fights on the main card. Full disclosure, Gene, I'm sure you know I was texting you. I absolutely stunk on last week's card. But I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to redeem myself this week. I feel pretty good. So, Gene, what I want to do, I want to start out with the first fight on the main card. Matt Schnell against Rogerio Bontarin. I'll let you go ahead and rip and run on this one first, Gene. What are you thinking for this first fight? Yeah, Matt Schnell, he changed coaches, and he's looked very good with the moving of camps before he would like to rush into fights, get into firefights and sometimes get knocked out himself. And now that I believe he's with James Krause, he's kind of calmed down. He's more calculated. And we saw that in his last fight against Tyson Nam, which Tyson Nam normally gets into firefights going into that fight. I thought, Hey, it potentially could be a firefight. And it totally wasn't. They were swinging on each other. But Mashell was never in trouble. He was very cool, calm, collected, kept his distance, and kind of picked Tyson Nam apart from the outside and ended up getting the uh, decision victory. So I like that new match Chanel. If it was the old match Chanel, I would lean with Rogerio Bontarin. Bontarin loves firefights. He's got big power on the feet, good Brazilian jiu-jitsu practitioner. In his last fight against Riddell, he won that first round. Um, I actually bet on him. I remember in that fight, he was looking great, hit uh, Riddell with some big shots, got him to the ground, almost submitted him. And at the end of that round, he just tired himself out and took a big shot and ended up getting knocked out. So coming into this fight as well, he missed weight. So I'm kind of worried about that. You know, he gassed in, in this previous fight. He comes into this one. He misses weight. Matchell looks like a, a new fighter under Kraus. More discipline. I think the way this fight goes is Mashell just picks Bontarin apart from the outside, avoids his big power, and ends up winning a decision victory. Bontarin is tough. I know he was knocked down in his previous fight, but he is a tough fighter. I do think this goes to decision, but it's going to be Mashell that, that gets his arm raised at the end. Good stuff there, Jane. You did say one thing that I really like. It's that you think that this one's going to go the distance. I had trouble with this fight. I'll be honest with you. I went through all the fighters you know, past fights. I went through the stats. I watched all the interviews, the predictions, and I really never got a solid sense, you know, who might win this fight. The most I took out of all my research is that the line seemed a little bit high. Either way, no, I don't feel like I can back either fighter in this fight. I do respect your opinion because I know you know these guys far better than I do, but I feel like that this one was going to go the distance after I broke everything down. So the fact that you think that this one goes the distance, I really like that. I feel like both guys are probably going to go for a submission in this one. Yeah, you can probably cash a decent ticket with that one. But more than anything, I don't think either guy probably gets an advantage here on the ground. I don't think they're going to get either guy to tap. So I'm just going to make a small action bet here, Gene, a little bit of a pizza bet on this one to go the distance. That's only minus 105, so I feel pretty decent uh, about that one. Let's jump into the second fight of the night here, Gene. We got Shane Burgos versus Edison Barboza. This one should be pretty good right now on DraftKings. Burgos, he's going to be around minus 145, minus 150. If you like the dog here in Barboza, you can get plus 120. Gene, I'll let you go ahead and start this one out. What do you think of for Burgos and Barboza? 
Yeah, I'm super excited for this fight. This has fight of the night written all over it. Both of these guys are action fighters, love violence. Of Shane Burgos' eight career UFC fights, three of them have been fight of the nights. And Barbosa's had 24 career UFC fights, and seven of them have been fight of the nights. And, and that's not to even mention all of the performance of the night bonuses that these fighters have racked up over the years. So, you know, this this definitely is a chance to be fight of the night. Like I said, I'm really looking forward to it. Shane Burgos is just a pressure fighter, in-your-face, slick boxer. And then Barbosa on the other side, we know about him. He has vicious leg kicks uh, to the body, to the head. Everyone knows his Terry Adam fight where he had that spinning wheel kick and knocked him out cold. Back to Burgos. Burgos is insane with his with his output on the feet. He throws 7.3 strikes per minute, um, which is insane. And Barbosa on the other end throws 3.98 strikes per minute. So we're looking at a stand-up fight. These guys aren't going to go down to the down to the ground. I like Burgos in this one. I bet Burgos in this one. And and the reason why I took him was because Barbosa has shown to have issues with pressure fighters. In his previous fight, he fought Dan Ige. And Dan Ige gave him issues because Dan Ige's tough, stayed in his face. Barbosa was landing on him, but Dan Ige would not go out. And he, he made a closer fight than it needed to be. I see the same thing happening in this fight. Shane Burgos... In his previous fight, he fought Josh Emmett. Josh Emmett was landing. Josh Emmett, in my opinion, has probably the the most power in the featherweight division, and he was cracking Burgos. Burgos stood for three straight rounds. That was up for fight of the night last year. Burgos sh- showed in that fight that he's tough and he can take take damage. Barbosa doesn't have enough power, I feel, to knock Burgos out in this fight. I think Burgos is going to pressure him, land more strikes. I think he has a better gas tank as well versus Barbosa's gas tank. Barbosa sometimes gasses in those third rounds historically in his fights. I like Shane Burgos in this one. Like I said, I think it's going to be fight of the night. Do I see a finish? I, I actually don't, as crazy as it sounds. You would think that both these guys, with their vicious strikes and their vets of the sport, I feel like they're just going to, it's going to be all out war for three rounds. Burgos is going to end up getting his hand raised in the end. You know, you said two things, Gene, that I strongly agree with. First one was, was the Ige reference, you know, with Burgos. I think that that, that makes a ton of sense. It didn't even cross my mind. And I went through and I saw Ige, you know, on the Barboza card and I was like, yeah, whatever, you know, I just kind of breezed past it, but that makes a lot of sense. And I do agree with you as well. You know, this one has fight of the night, uh, pretty much written all over. I agree with you 100% with both of those things. You know, both of these guys have pretty good gas tanks. And to go the distance, you know, I think both styles kind of clash together where that might actually go ahead and get that done. I don't believe either of these guys are going to end up in trouble here. I think that they could probably both bail each other out, you know, on the ground game if they need to. I believe that both Barbosa and Burgos are, you know, coming in here with probably two totally different game plans. Barbosa. He's more than likely he's going to look to go ahead and use his kicks, try to probably keep his distance combined with, you know, going ahead and getting Burgos down on the mat. And we saw what Burgos looked like on the mat, you know, when he had that Mirkani fight. Didn't look all that great. He almost got choked out. So that was a little bit of a concern for me. So I think Barboza will eventually try to get Burgos down to the mat. Burgos, I think, he's going to look to more, you know, stand and kind of trade. I'm sure he'll probably eat some kicks, but I believe he'll pick up, you know, some style points you know, with his standing game, you know, that's going to end up hurting Barbosa. His body strikes are pretty nasty for Barbosa. I would say that he'll probably rack up points in that area, you know, just striking alone. But I really don't believe either guy will finish each other. I agree with you with that. 
no, Burgos, Roxall, Chin, Barboza. I guess you could just say he's he's seasoned enough that he knows he's going to have to, you know, probably win this one. Gene, I'm going to say probably by submission or points. I just I just feel like both styles really do clash. It makes for a great fight, but this one's probably going to go the distance in my eyes. I can go ahead and bet that right now on DraftKings at minus 145. So that's what I'll do, Gene. I don't know what you think about the next fight, Gene, but I do believe that this one uh, might have some fireworks in this one. We have Caitlin Chukagan against Viviani Arujo. Chukagan's medium-sized favorite for this one, Gene, right around minus 140. If you like the dog, you can go ahead. You could get plus 115, plus 120. Gene, I'll let you go and rip a run on this fight first. I have a an interesting handicap on this one. I feel pretty good about this fight. Maybe one of my more confident predictions for this card. But I'll let you go and rip a run on that one first. What are you feeling? So Chikagin is a perennial contender in the division, and Arujo is on her way up. This is your classic, you know, UFC matchmaking at hand right here. Um, and in this fight, I think it's a close matchup. You know, you understand that by by the line, but. I believe the value is on the younger and, and ever-improving fighter with Arugio. Um Chikagan will look to do the same thing she always does, and that's to strike at range, try to outpoint her opponent while swaying the judges with her yelling. I don't know if you guys noticed this, but if you watch her fights or go back and watch her old fights, when she strikes, she, like, she likes to yell. She, she's like a tennis player, um, and that sways the judges a lot of the times. They feel like she's landing um, when she's yelling like a tennis player and she's stolen some split decision victories. I just think in this fight, you know, you're going to see the same thing striking at range, but unfortunately she's fighting a woman who is, who is more well-rounded and has much more power to do damage in, in the striking exchanges. Arujo looked great um, against Mata Ferry in her, in her last fight. Um, she, she does everything. She has power on the feet. She's a, a technical striker, good kicks, um, good takedown defense, and 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 she's pretty good herself in in the wrestling game and the grappling game, and, and I think that's her path to victory in this fight. Chikagan really doesn't go, do a good job on the ground, especially on her back. Um, she just wants to keep that fight standing, and I feel like Arujo can stand with her if, if she needs to. She'll land the bigger shots, but ultimately, I think she her path to victory, and I and I do think like she's on the come up. She she beats Chikagan, man. She's right up there in the top five. Uh, for sure, because Chikagin, I believe, is like ranked number two and Arujo is number seven. So this was solidify her in the top five and put her in the mix for the title. So I don't think she wants to lose this fight. It's a big, you know, pay-per-view card. She's getting a lot of uh, uh, viewers or a lot of eyes on her in this fight. So her path to victory is just to wrestle and I'll grapple Chikagin. Um, she attempts like 2.33 uh, takedowns per fight and her accuracy is like 64 percent it's a live dog of the night for me i, I bet vivian arujo um I, th- I think she ends up getting her hand raised at the end of, of this fight via decision now i feel good because this was the fight i felt strong about and the fact that you and i gene are aligning on both dogs in this fight i feel really really confident you know this fight you know when these two girls step into the octagon it might look like a little bit of a mismatch Chukagan, a full five inches taller. Her background is obviously boxing. Arujo, she's going to go with the jiu-jitsu here. So I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to take the dog. I, the reach advantage is, is kind of nil. You would think that Chukagan would have, you know, a, a far better reach advantage being five inches taller, but it's not. Uh, it's pretty much even. And Chukagan, she's going to look to go ahead and stand and trade, as you said. Probably get the better of those exchanges, but I don't believe it'll be, you know, by a wide margin. I think it'll actually be 
you know, pretty close. She's going to look to go ahead and gobble the points up in that area. And I don't like that Chukagan is coming off of, you know, a six-month layoff versus Azuzo is coming off of just a four-month layoff. So, Gene, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to take the dog here. I think this one just ends up on the mat, you know, way too many times. And if Chukagan can't get the better of those, you know, scrambles on the mat, that eventually she's going to end up tire out. And I think the control here, you know, is going to be lopsided. So, for me, it'll be Viviani Azuzo. I'll go ahead and I'll take the plus 115. So before we go ahead and jump into the co-main and the main event, I got a special treat for you guys. I have a best bet here from AJ Hoffman. For those of you guys that don't know AJ, uh, he does work for pregame.com. He is pregame.com's UFC specialist. You know, AJ has some professional fights under his belt, and he was kind enough to go ahead and share some of his thoughts today on a preliminary fight that he has a best bet on. Why don't we go ahead and give that a listen? My best bet for UFC 262 comes early on the card. I'm taking Kevin Aguilar, even money against Tucker Lutz. Aguilar is a finisher. He hits hard, and Tucker Lutz looks like a guy who's willing to be hit. He won twice on Dana White's Contender Series to get signed to the UFC. This is his UFC debut, his real UFC debut. But really, the two guys he beat on the Contender Series, not top prospects. Going back to that, a pretty soft schedule he's fought against in his career. So Kevin Aguilar may be the toughest test that he's had so far. I think it's a bad matchup for him. I'll take the underdog, even money. Kevin Aguilar for my best bet at UFC 262. All right, guys, there's A.J. Hoffman going ahead and providing his best bet. If you guys are looking for more stuff from A.J., you guys can find him on Twitter at A.J. is the real. And, of course, you can find him at pregame.com. All right, Gene, here we go. Co-main event and the main event. I think this co-main event will be pretty good here, Gene. We got Benel Dariush. He's going to go ahead. He's going to fight Tony Ferguson. Dariush right now around minus 155. If you like Ferguson, you can get plus 120. Gene, I'll go first on this one. My knee-jerk reaction was just go ahead and take Ferguson. And as I started digging in and doing the work, I realized that that was probably a mistake. And I felt like that this is, you know, why digging in is important. And, you know, if you just go out there and you you do a bunch of knee-jerk reaction picks and you don't do the work, you know, you end up getting crushed. And that happened to me last week, and that really pissed me off. So I wanted to dig in. I wanted to do my best here. But I do think Dariush probably gets it done against Tony. You know, Dariush... You know, he's jumping up in the rankings right now. He's had some good results, you know, on a six-fight win streak. He's fought some high-caliber guys, you know, with Moises. He had uh, Dober in there, close Holzman, uh, Diego Fajaya. I really feel like that Darius right now, he's just there. This is the fight that's going to move him, you know, near the top of the mountain. I feel like, you know, he climbed through some of the hardest guys in this division, and he can kind of smell that title shot right now, Gene. Now, as for Ferguson, you know, I can't take anything away from anything that he's ever done. Yes, he's lost two in a row, and it was to Gaethje, and it was to, you know, Charles Oliveira, who's, you know, fighting in the title fight on this card. But I just feel like Dariush is the hungrier fighter. Tony, you know, he's going to want to go ahead and stand. He's going to want to trade punches. I believe he's working with, like, Freddie Roach right now, and he's going to try to probably keep his distance, might get some kicks in here on Dariush. It might look good for Tony early. But my gut feeling says that Dariush is just going to go ahead. He's eventually going to get inside. He's going to figure out Tony. He's going to go ahead, avoid some of them punches, avoid some of them kicks. And then he's going to get him down to the mat. I don't feel that this is a bloodbath in any way, Gene. I think that this one probably goes to the judges. And they're going to end up seeing it for Dariush at the end of the day. No, when I was looking at the lines, I felt like minus 165 was like the perfect line. It was just enough for me to go ahead and take Dariush. I think if it was any less after I did my handicap, Gene, that I would have thought maybe the line was just a little bit fishy. And then if it was a little bit more, you know, maybe around minus 180, minus 200, maybe I would have just gone ahead 
and thrown a half a unit or maybe just pass this fight. But I do feel like there is still a little bit of value here, you know, based just on the line at minus 165 to go ahead and take Dariusha. He's going to go ahead. He's going to get it done here. I feel pretty confident about that. You know, nothing against Ferguson. Love watching the guy. Love watching how he fights. But I just feel like Dariush is, you know, he's on the come right now. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take him, Gene, in the co-main event. Benel Dariush for me, minus the 165. What are you thinking? Yeah, this one is a tough one. Um, I'm a big fan of Tony Ferguson, all that he's accomplished in his UFC career. He was on a crazy 12-fight win streak, and he was set to go up against Khabib Nurmagomedov. And, you know, the MMA gods intervened five separate times, you know, and and for whatever reason, those fights just didn't come to fruition. And honestly, it's going to go down as one of the biggest MMA tragedies, not seeing that fight at that time, you know, because Tony was just on a crazy, crazy streak and Khabib is Khabib. But um, here we are now. Tony's lost two straight fights. And to be honest, it's been in dominating fashion. You know, he lost to Gaethje, got pieced up for five straight rounds and finished. And then he fought Oliveira and, you know, nearly got his arm ripped off in the first round and then ended up just getting dominated in the second and third round. So, you know, Tony seems to be a shell of himself right now. And that's okay. You know, he's 37 years old. He's had a long career. He's fought the who's who in the UFC. So it's understandable. And now he's going up against a surging Benil Dariush. He's won six straight. And he's done it in impressive fashion with incredible knockouts and submission. Man, I think the key to this fight, to be honest, and you already touched on it, it's the wrestling and the jiu-jitsu. You know, Dariush is a legit Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt. He's good with the grappling. He's good with the wrestling. He's good with with top control too. He's good with the you know pick him up and put him down. So even if he gets you, the opponent down, the opponent starts to stand up. He's good at you know pulling out their their wrist or their arm or grape vining their legs and keeping them on the ground. He, he he's a very very good uh, grappler, and we've seen this with with Tony in his last fight. You know against Oliveira, he got taken down at will and was controlled through most of that fight on the ground. So I think that's Dariush's path to victory but also on the feet Dariush is super tough he does have knockout power on the feet he'll he'll run through hell to get a victory as well so th- these two fighters it, it's it's funny to see this matchup I, I feel like this is a beautiful matchup a perfect matchup because it's almost like Tony Ferguson is looking at himself in the mirror and a, a younger version of himself in the mirror right now with Benil Dariush Dariush is what Tony was a few years ago but like I said earlier, Tony's a shell of himself. I just don't feel like he's going to be able to handle Dariush's grappling and, and 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 be able to truly walk through fire with this guy. You had mentioned, and I think it's a great point, and, and this is what almost sucked me into taking Ferguson. Um, so surprised I'm going to take Dariush. But to get back to that point, Tony changed coaches. Tony went back to his old coaches when he was in that 12-fight win streak. I didn't like his new coaches. His new coaches were almost yes men. And, and Tony was pretty much running his own camps. So Tony went back to his old coaches and now he's with Freddie Roach. But, you know, like, listen, I like Freddie Roach, but I mean, I, I don't really know what Freddie Roach is going to offer him at, at this point in time in his career. You know, Tony Ferguson is who he is. And, um, you know, I want, and you're getting dog money. So it's was, it was super enticing, but I had to do the, do the research. I had to watch the tape. I had to really dig into this. And at the end of the day, I just don't see how Tony wins this fight. You know, 
the war of attrition, if they go the three rounds and it's back and forth, I think Darius just gets the better of him. He will be able to take him down. He will be able to control him. And I would not be surprised if Darius locks up a submission in the end. But um, ultimately, my pick in this fight is Darius. And I do think it goes to a decision as well. Um, like I had said, both these guys are tough. Ferguson went five crazy rounds with Gaethje and, and lost at the very end. And same thing with Oliveira. He had his arm pretty much ripped off and was able to withstand that. And he's just, he's, he's a tough SOB. He's going to, he's going to walk through fire. Like I had said, um, that Darius is going to walk through fire as well. So I have Darius winning. I think Darius does it by decision. Um, decision is plus 138 on DraftKings. Um, if you're feeling froggy and for the guys that, you know, still love Ferguson, like me as a fan, and, and they just can't get off of of uh abetting him, then you can get Ferguson at, at plus three fifty by decision. But ultimately, man, Darius is uh grappling. The rest wrestling is gonna win out in this fight and he's gonna get his hand raised and man, he's gonna be right there in the mix for a for a title shot at lightweight. Well, that makes me feel really good, Gene. The fact that you and I haven't disagreed yet on this whole entire card. And when I went into the title fight, the main fight, I'm sitting there, I'm going, I wonder what Gene thinks about this one, because I thought maybe we would have a disagreement on this one, but the fact that we haven't disagreed or gone opposite really of each other, it's kind of interesting, you know, what you think. Actually, if you guys want to know what else Gene's thinking, there, there's a bunch of prelim fights and there's a bunch of early prelim fights. If you guys go over to bettingpredators.com, you guys can find Gene's article up. He has a, a bunch of breakdowns for all those fights. You guys can find out exactly uh, what Gene is thinking. And while you're over there on bettingpredators.com, we have our NBA package up right now uh, for just $49.95. So you guys can go ahead, get all our stuff for DFS plays, all our player props, which uh, we've been kicking rear end on. But Gene, let's go ahead and jump into our main fight here. We're going to go ahead. We're going to have Charles Oliveira and Michael Chandler. This was the fight that I thought that you and I might disagree on. So I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to go first. I'm going to let you, the expert, I'm going to let you go ahead and finish this one up and close up the podcast. Oliver, he's the favorite in this fight right now. Minus 135. If you like Chandler, you can go ahead. You can get him at plus 110. I think this is Chandler's fight. I think the wrong guy's favorite here. I believe Dana put him in this fight for a particular reason. Does he belong in this fight right now? Now, probably not just based on, you know, how fast he ended up here. But Chandler is confident and he looks good. And I haven't heard anything negative come out of his mouth that made me think, you know, that he wasn't, you know, just 100% confident in himself, confident in his game, you know, that he can't go ahead and win here. And I think one of the big advantages is the fact that, you know, they're going to be fighting in Houston. It's going to be in front of the American crowd. I think that that's going to pump up Chandler, you know, a lot for this fight. Is he looking ahead? I think that he might be because one of the things that he did mention was, you know, he's talking about a fight with Connor. You know, if, if Connor could get through Poirier and he's talking about, you know, maybe Khabib coming out of retirement. And generally, that's not a good thing. You don't want to go ahead and back people or back fighters or back teams, you know, that are looking ahead. But you got to admit, you know, it is motivating for a fighter who is being put in those conversations and the potential paychecks, you know, that somebody like Chandler uh, can receive. You know, Oliveira, he's been hot. He's won eight straight fights in a row but I'm not really impressed with the eight fight resume, you know, that he has. I mean, he's beat up on some old time, you know, UFC vets, you know, guys that we've talked about in the past, Gene with Guida and Miller. You now he does have some questionable losses on there and he is a grizzled vet. I mean, he's fought the who's who. I mean, you know, he'd gone up against Pettis and Holloway, Frankie Edgar, you know, Cub Swanson and Cerrone. And those guys in their time were, you know, were all classy fighters, 
but I feel like, you know, that, that just Oliver has just been knocked out too much. I mean, he's been knocked out a bunch of times and Chandler to me, you know, he has real power and there is a light at the end of the tunnel for him. And I, and I wonder if that kind of gives him, you know, like Superman power coming in here. I think Oliveira, one way or another, Gene, he's going to have to use his gas tank. He's going to have to stay out of trouble. He's going to have to get this one in the deep waters. And that's the part of the fight that actually scares me, you know, for Chandler. I think the longer that this goes, the momentum will eventually shift to Oliveira. But I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to take Chandler here. I'm going to take him as the dog here, plus the 110. I'm also going to go ahead and I'm going to take Chandler to go ahead and win this one in the second round. You can get that at 8-1. to one. I think if Chandler wins this one, it's going to be first, second round knockout. It's going to be over. It's going to be done with. And once it gets to the third, Gene, I think it gets a little wishy-washy. And if it does get into the fourth and the fifth, I probably think about maybe live betting Oliveira at that point in time. But for me to go ahead and put my money down before this fight kicks off, I'm taking Chandler. I think he's going to do a great job. I think he's going to get the knockout here. I, I believe it's going to be in the second round. So that's what I'm going to do here, Gene. I'm taking Chandler to go ahead and win the main card fight. What do you got for that fight? Man, what's crazy is for the first time in three years, there's going to be a new UFC lightweight champion on Saturday night. You know, Khabib is dominated division for three years. You know, now that he's retired, relinquished, you know, the title and his reign, you know, we're going to see a new champ. So I'm excited for that. Um, as for Oliveira, you know, he's grown leaps and bounds over the course of his career. I agree with you. You know, he has been knocked out. He had submitted. But I find like he I feel like he's finally come in to himself now and he's finally having success. You know, he's grown leaps and bounds, as I said, over the course of his career. And it, he's always had his grappling to fall back on because he's a legit Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt. But, man, his striking is what's super impressive. Um, he's evolved into a crisp, fluid striker on the feet. You know, he throws tight combinations in the pocket. And he also does a good job of mixing and leg kicks to his opponent's legs and body. And defensively, I agree with you. You know, he does take too many shots sometimes. Even in the Tony Ferguson fight, when he was laying them up, he was getting he was getting clipped a couple of times. Kevin Lee, the same exact thing. He was getting hit. He does have a chin, though. I will say that. Like, he was taking some big shots from Kevin Lee, and he was able to withstand it. So I don't think that's going to be a major issue as long as he doesn't take a clean shot because I'm with you with Michael Chandler. Michael Chandler is unbelievable, man. He's he's super athletic, super explosive, big knockout power on the feet, does a great job of you using his movement and speed on the feet, in, out, in, out, in, out. He picks his opponents apart, not only um, with the headshots, but with the body shots. That's what I'm really impressed with, with, with Chandler. He does a good job of landing body shots early and often, you know, depositing, like they say, you know, deposit that coin in the bank. Because once you get to the third, fourth, fifth round, you know, that's when it pays off. So he does a really good job of, of, of attacking the body. But where he really can shine in this fight is his grappling. You know, he could kind of dominate Oliveira in the sense of getting him down and controlling him on the ground. But does he want to do that against a Brazilian jiu-jitsu ace in Oliveira who loves going on his back? See, the thing with Oliveira, the reason why I feel like his striking has improved is because he's worked on it and he's realized like, Hey, I don't need to really work on my wrestling takedown defense or anything like that because I'm such a good Brazilian jiu-jitsu practitioner. So he almost welcomes the takedown so that he can lock up submissions off of his back. Um, so I know that Chandler has that in the back of his mind. It's going to be interesting to see if he ends up, 
you know, just keeping this on the feet and trying to knock Oliveira out because he worries about taking him down to the ground and grappling. Another reason why he might uh, worry about taking him down to the ground and grappling is because of his gas tank. Early, he starts he starts fast, Michael Chandler. He's going to be in Oliveira's face. When that bell rings, man, he's going to be right in Oliveira's face trying to close that distance. That's how he fights. But as the fight goes on, he tends to gas a little bit. And so it's going to be a war of attrition potentially and whose gas tank is going to win out. Another reason why he wants to stay in the face of his opponents is he normally is on the, the wrong end of the reach advantage. And he's going to be on the wrong end of the reach advantage in this fight. Oliveira holds a three-inch reach advantage. And, you know, Oliveira is going to look to utilize that and keep Chandler at range and pick him apart. Um, you know, this is going to be one hell of a fight, man. I, I, I'm super excited for this. These guys are, are so evenly matched, and the line reflects it. And Chandler's tasted gold before, so he knows what's in store for him on, on Saturday night, whereas Oliveira is just, you know, trying to get there. And for me, I'm going to go with the guy that what I who I feel is hungrier, and, and that's Oliveira. I feel like Oliveira, this is the coronation of, of, of his career. You know, he had the up-and-down career earlier. He's won eight straight. He's looked spectacular in those eight fights. And I feel like this is just his moment. I feel like this is destiny, for lack of better words. And um, Chandler will um, advance on him early and try to close the distance. I think Oliveira is going to use his leg kicks to keep Chandler at a distance. I think he'll attack Chandler's calves, his legs. Chandler has had issues with leg kicks in the past. And I think that's going to be um, his number one weapon on the feet, Oliveira, to try to keep. Chandler at, at distance and then ultimately I think he's going to hurt Chandler on the feet with his crisp boxing knock him down and he'll end up um, submitting Chandler some way somehow on the feet when when Chandler's hurt um, I, I just believe that this is Oliver's time the one thing that's interesting if you look at the lines the, ju- the juice is crazy high on the fight going under three rounds and, and, and I agree with the bookmakers I do think either way this fight goes, I don't think it, it, it sees the third round. Um, so I'm with you. You're, you know, I'm with you in the sense of it, it ending early. I'm not, I think Chandler, pardon me, I think Oliveira is going to end up getting that that um, win inside the distance early. But like I said, it's not going to go, I don't feel like it's going to go the third or fourth round at all. Chandler has legit knockout power in the feet. You know, he's going to be in his face and then it's really can Oliveira keep him at range and 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 either knock him out because he, he can knock out Chandler. Chandler's been susceptible to knockouts in the past throughout his career, or does he lock up a submission? Chandler has never faced a grappler like Oliveira. So this is a very intriguing fight um, on, on, on paper, and I think that Oliveira, like I said, ends up getting it done. All right, Gene. Well, that was the first fight that you and I actually had a disagreement on, but I think what everybody will agree on was you know, you had some super strong handicaps for this one. And I'm glad that, you know, at least I was on the right side with you uh, for the majority of these fights, you know, all but one. That's going to be an interesting one. I can't wait to actually watch this all go down. Unfortunately, you know, we did have some fights, you know, end up getting pulled off this card. Uh, Diaz and Edwards were supposed to be on here, but we'll get to see those guys uh, in action soon. And Gene and I, you know, we'll be back in action probably, you know, next week or the week after. Uh, with another UFC podcast. Big thanks to AJ Hoffman for going ahead, sharing his best bet. And as always, a big thanks to Mean Gene. You guys can find him on Twitter at Mean Gene 0022. 
You guys can find myself at sleepyj underscore pregame. And you can find us all on the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. With that said, I'd like to wish you guys all the best of luck on Saturday night. Enjoy the fights. <laughs>